and we're talking about faith in your rights. So I never say, you've got some rights in the kingdom of God, and you need to use them. Taylor never say, especially you. Right? We're not saying that to be ugly, we're just saying that to be truthful. Amen, right? To use these rights. And we ended up talking about how that the Father God uses faith, and He used faith, right? Because He sent His Son to die for us, He sent His Son to pay the price for us, believing that once we heard that, that we would respond to that, right? We would respond to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everybody say, new creation. New creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Everybody say, for me so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And we were talking about this is what we are supposed to be doing. We, are, we have the ministry of reconciliation. So anytime someone wants to talk to you about God or anytime someone's interested in finding out why it is that you are a Christian or why it is that their life is, is messed up, you can tell them, look, you've got to get reconnected to God. You've got to get connected to the Lord. And he does not want to count your sins against you. He's made a way for you to come back to him. But they can't enter into these riches until we what? Until we tell them. Until we tell them. And there's a lot of people telling people all kinds of different things. Uh, the world has got all kinds of messages going out today. So how many of y'all know people need to know, first of all, that yes, sin will separate you from God, but... Jesus paid the price so that you can be reconnected with God and live a new life. Amen? So today God is not reckoning up, uh, up unto the world their trespasses. I mean, if we were in judgment, it would not look like it looks like today. I mean, come on now. I mean, with the arrogance of the world the way it is. Now, judgment is coming. Amen. Judgment is coming. But judgment is not here today. Because we would, the, we, the world would not be doing what it's doing today if judgment was here today. So what is he doing? He's giving people the opportunity to turn, repent, and give their lives to him. So all they have to do is what? Accept him, accept them as their savior, confess them as their Lord, and then they can enter into this new thing we call the new creation as well. So that's what we are ambassadors of that. We are ambassadors of that message. There's a great book written by T.L. Osborne called The Message That Works. And he talks about the different things, the message of the gospel, and how to take those terms of the message of the gospel into everyday terms. For example, God did not mean for us to be sick. As a matter of fact, T.L. Osborne had a great message that he spoke at Crusades. Birds were made to fly, fish were made to swim, and you were made to be healed. 
In other words, in the order, the natural order of things, God did not create us to be sick. God created us to be what? To be well. Oh, well, see, that's the message that God has for people. And if they'll submit to him, they can be reconciled to God. All they got to do is come to him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that fellowship is available. That relationship is available. He was made sin that you might become the righteousness of God in him. This is a, this is, this is a stroke of genius, right? I mean, this is, this, is, this is masterful what the Lord has done, how he has set it up. And tell your neighbor this, say, 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 I want you to know tonight that God has set you up for success. He has created the system for you to succeed. He has not created the system for you to fail. So we are led out of failure. We're led out of weakness. We're led out of sin. We're led out of the satanic relationships. We're into this what? This new creation where we have become partakers of the divine nature, actual sons of God, sons and daughters of God. And God has made you righteous. Why? So that you can stand in His presence just as though you have never sinned at all. Now that's a big thought, isn't it? And I don't know about you, but I have to meditate on that thought in order to walk in that thought, because it's almost too good to be true, isn't it? Because if I do something to somebody else, even though they may say they forgive me, uh, well, let me put it this way. Maybe you've had somebody do something to you and you've forgiven them, but it's real hard every time you see them not to think about that. Okay, I'm the only one that, that deals with that. I deal with this sometimes, all right? When people do things sometimes, it, and even though they, I, they might ask for forgiveness or whatever, you know, there's always that in the back of your head. So it's kind of hard for us to grasp this concept that we can stand in his presence as completely and totally made new. So all that old is completely what? Gone. And so this is, see, this is why we talk about these things. This is why we're here on a Wednesday night talking about this. Because we have to renew our minds to these concepts because they're so foreign to us because when in a human-to-human -human relationship, this is not the way that it exists. But we don't, we're not working in our lives anymore on a human-to-human -human relationship. We're working in our lives now in this new nature, this divine nature that we have. So it's just as though sin has never soiled you. You are complete in Christ. Everybody say, I am complete. I am. In Christ. in Christ. This belongs to you. This is your legal right. And you can receive it yourself. If you believe in the finished work of Christ in you, and you believe in all that God has done for you, it's yours. It's available to you. But it is not yours experientially until you accept Him as your Savior and confess Him as your Lord, right? That's the first step. Everybody say, that's the first step. And a lot of people preach about the first step. Okay, that's the first step, but what's the step after that? What's the next step? All right, so we're going to be in Romans chapter 8 tonight. So turn over to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to talk about how that you believe in your own rights in Christ. When you believe in your own rights in Christ, then you become a conqueror. 
then you become a conqueror. See, here's the deal. When you have rights, rights will lead you to action. Because I have a right. We have rights as American citizens, do we not? One of the rights we have as American citizens is we can criticize our governments, right? Another right we have is we can have, we can hold our government accountable. As a matter of fact, they've got us a deal now, Freedom of Information Act, so that you can partition the government to disclose things that are happening behind the scenes. And that's what's happening with Fauci right now. It's, it's, it's coming out now about what a ruse he was doing and how he was saying one thing publicly, but then he's emailing different things. You know, people talk about how there's hypocrites in the church. <laughs> right. Okay, but anyways. But in other words, that's a right we have. So we act, so somebody acted upon it. I'm not, I don't know what senator it was. I don't know who it was that partitioned the government to get that information. So we have, so rights will cause you to, to take action. So once you start believing in the rights you have, you start taking action on. This is what we're always trying to do, is trying to get people to take action. Tell your neighbor, say, you need to take action. You need to take action. Okay, well, so, so we try to get people to take action by explaining to you your rights, because once you believe in your rights, then you'll begin to take action on your rights. But then we try to take it another step. Everybody say, there's another step. There's another step. You've heard Pash say that he learned from Fred Price that if you can use the word of God and receive an answer from the Lord, that same principle can be repeated over and over and over and over. So then now what we try to convince you to do is see, we try to get some of you guys just to tithe, right? But then not just tithe once, but tithe what? Continually, right? So then you go from doing action to doing what? Continuous action. Not getting settled where you are, but keep taking action. All right, so Romans chapter 8, verse 12 says, Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. There are expectations on you. There are expectations on you. Therefore, there's expectations on me. We have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will what? You will die. But if by the Spirit, if by the what? Spirit. The Spirit, what do you do? You put to death the misdeeds of the body. Who puts to death the misdeeds of the body? God? We do. Everybody say, I do. I do. But we don't do it on our own. We do it by the what? The Spirit. The Spirit. And we'll, we'll explain this. It, you'll see this more and more as it gets in this chapter. You put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Sons of God. God. We're children of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Look at this verse 16. Oh my goodness, verse 16 and 17. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. What does His Spirit testify with our spirit? That we're His children. 
What does his spirit testify with our spirit? That we are his children. Okay, so well, what's the big deal about that? Well, because when you begin, when, when, when I'm standing in faith for something, when I'm standing on his word, what causes me to take action is because his spirit is testifying with my spirit, saying it is your right because you are a part of the family of God. Amen. This is a big deal. So I never say this is a big deal. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. So there's certain rights. There's certain rights. My daughter has chosen to go off for college in August. I don't know why. No, but she's chosen that. And uh, so we're getting things ready. You know, we're double-checking things on her car because I don't want her to be on the road and, and, and not have a, a, a reliable car or not be checked out. I mean, that wouldn't be prudent, right? So anyway, so we had some stuff going on, working on her car today. So, so she had to be places. She had to do things. So guess what we did? We just swapped cars. We swapped cars. Why? Because it's her right because she's my what? She's my daughter. I didn't tell her, hey, give me your car and go call an Uber. <laughs> right? Or start walking. Right? Or I didn't say, hey, catch a bus, even though there's no buses in Arlington, right? Go catch a bus or try to, or go, how about this? Go hitchhike a ride with somebody. No, 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 no. She's my daughter. So, you know, you said, well, do you have a hard time doing it? No, it's, it's, it's my daughter. She's got a right to it. Right? So when I'm taking care of, I, I want to make sure she's set. I want to make sure everything's good for her. So therefore, see, she knows. She didn't turn me down and say, no, Dad, I can't, I can't do that. I'm just a sinner. I just, uh, I just, I don't know if I can accept that. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I'll manage. I'll walk. I'll manage. I'll leave at 3 a.m. this morning, and I'll walk in by the time I get there. So we live a little out in the country, so it would take her a long time to get where she needed to be. I mean, all those times. No, 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 no. She didn't say that. She knew that she's, she knows that she's my daughter. You know one of the ways she knows she's my daughter? is because I tell her she's my daughter. Right? And she grew, up, she grew up that way. She knows that. So when the Spirit of God testifies with our spirit that we are sons and daughters of God, this is a big deal. It's not just some cliche that we say. It's a big deal. Because once we realize that, and once we know that, then we can act like it. We can act like it. So whatever is a big deal to God becomes a big deal to me. Whatever is not a big deal to God is not a big deal to me, right? So my rights in Him are there because I have his spirit testifying with my spirit that I'm a son of God. So verse 17 explains even more. Now if we are children, then we are what? We're heirs. We're heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with who? Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his what? glory. So you become a son. You have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear. You have been delivered out of that. You have received the spirit of adoption. You are crying now, Father, my dear Father. And His Holy Spirit Himself 
His Holy Spirit Himself is bearing witness with your spirit through the Word that you are a child of God. Everybody say that one more time. Say, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Okay, if you're a child, then you are an heir of God. Everybody say, I'm an heir of God. Everybody say, I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So Satan comes along and says, no, 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 this report says this, this report says that. No, 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 no. That I have a right to pull from the resources of my father who says, I have been healed. It's done. It's done. It is completely and totally done. So you see, you're taking your place now. You're responding to his challenge. Now, Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39 is the climax of this mighty truth. This is, this is awesome stuff. Verse 31. All right. What then? Because, you know, in the rest of the chapter, he's laying all this out, right? You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You're an heir of Christ, of God. You're a joint heir with Christ. What then shall we say? Oh, no, there's confession again, right? Oh, I don't see confession in the Bible. Confession is everywhere in the Bible. What then shall what? We say. Everybody say, what shall I say? In response to that. See, what shall we say in response to this? What shall we say in response to this truth, these rights that we have in the kingdom of God? So what's going to come out of my mouth because I have these rights in the kingdom of God? If God be for Aaron Wood, who can be against Aaron Wood? Right? So if God is for us, which He is, then who can be what? Against us. Against us. Against us. Who can be against us? Nobody. 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 Oh, I know the 2021 culture. No. <laughs> oh, I know uh, COVID. No. 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 See, we know our rights. So when we come in here and make these declarations, we are not declaring them on just a wish. We're declaring them based upon the fact that we know that we are children of God. So my response to what God has done for me, my response to the truth that He has revealed in His written Word is, if God be for me, who can be against me? Now that's going to be my response. Now what your response is, I don't know. That's up to you. And that's why you can be sitting in a church and somebody have a testimony and victory sitting next to somebody who goes to the same church, goes to the same services, hears the same word, and does not have victory in their lives because you've got to start asking, okay, what are they saying? What are they saying in response to these truths? If God be for us, who can be against us? Say that one more time. Say, if God is for me... Who can be against me? Who can be me? Oh, verse 32. If you don't have Romans 8, 32 memorized, you ought to memorize this. You ought to meditate on this verse 
You ought to memorize this verse. Man, any time anytime Satan comes by and says something stupid to you, you ought to quote Romans 8.32 right here. He who did not spare his own son. In other words, he gave everything. I mean everything. Everything. Satan, Satan hasn't given you squat. God has given you what? Every, everybody say everything. I mean, we find out from the book of Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus left the throne of God and came down. He emptied himself, the kenosis of Christ. He emptied himself, came down here and walked with us and talked with us. And how about this? Put up with us. Right? Not only that, he put up with persecution when he didn't have to. That's the one that boggles me. I mean, he's sitting there going, being tortured, being beaten, having people spit on him. He is the son of God. And he did all of that just for what? Me. He did all that just for what? Me. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also? How will he not what? Also. So he never said, there's more. There's yeah. How will he not also along with him? Graciously. Hallelujah. Graciously. How many of y'all like to be a gracious giver? Amen. 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 Not, not one of those givers that's stingy. You know, the book of Proverbs talks about that. Beware of people that are giving you something to eat, but yet in their heart they're saying, oh my gosh, this costs so much, right? In other words, they think they're doing you a favor, but their heart is not really there, right? No, 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 no. That's not the way God is. God graciously gives us all things. What does it say? How many things? Does that include finances? Yes. Does that include health? As a matter of fact, I, mean, I, I was talking last week about how if you make a list of all the things he gave us, I left off a few things. He gave us his joy. His joy. I don't walk on my joy. I mean, he literally says in the book of John, I give you my joy. His peace. I don't walk in my own peace. I walk in what? His peace. His peace. He graciously gives us all things. Verse 33, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who, what? It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter. They don't justify you. God justified you. God justified you. God did it. God did it. I mean, I know that we might be at odds with some brothers and sisters in the Lord over this stuff, but guess what? They didn't justify me. I, they, didn't, they didn't make this plan. I didn't make this plan. God's the one who justified me. It is he who what? Who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died more than that was raised to life and is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, I can't stand it when one of my pet peeves is when people quote the Bible, but they don't finish the quote of the Bible. Because a lot of songs you hear nowadays from Christians is based on we face death all day long and we're considered to be sheep going to be slaughtered. But look with that, that big word at the very beginning of 37. No. No. Everybody tell her to say no. no. We're not a victim. Amen. We're not helpless. Amen. I've got the word of God, Amen. the sword of the spirit. I've got his Holy Spirit. I've got a breastplate of righteousness. I've got a belt of truth. I've got a message of gospel of peace. Man, I've, I've got the helmet of salvation. I am not helpless. I am not, you are not helpless. You are not helpless. Well, I kind of feel helpless, Aaron. Well, guess what? You need to stop going by your feelings and start saying what the word of God says because you're not helpless. You're not helpless. You're not helpless at all. So I get in a situation. I don't know what to do. James chapter 1 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, all you should do is ask. All you should do is what? Ask. Everybody say, you got to ask. Yes. If you lack wisdom, all you should do is ask, and he will give it to you, and he'll give it to you graciously. I mean, he'll give it to you graciously without finding fault. In other words, he's not going to look at you and go, I told you so. He's going to give it to you without finding fault. In other words, he's going to, he, he'll help you out. He will help you out. He will help you out in every area. This is why God is our source. He's our source in every aspect of life. No, in all these things, we are more than what? We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor there anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how shall he not give us as a father all things that belong to us as a son's inheritance or a daughter's inheritance or as a, son, a son's right in Christ or as a daughter's right in Christ? Who shall, who shall lay anything to our charge now? We are God's elect. It is God who has declared us righteous. It is God who has made us righteous. It is God who has declared that He is our righteousness in Christ. And to climax it all, Jesus is seated at the Father's right hand as our great intercessor, our advocate and Lord in the highest seat of the universe, the head of the body, the new creation. And the new creation is seated right there with Him. That's us. That means you and I are seated with Him right now. We are seated with Him. Remember Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 from last week? And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. No one, say no one. No. Say it like you mean it. Say no one, no one. can bring a charge against me. Against me. Say no one, no one can conquer me. 
As a matter of fact, he gives us a category of all the things that Satan can do against the man. There in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 39. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against, against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? No. 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 Everybody say no. No. But I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes that when trouble comes, sometimes people let that separate them from Christ. They forget their rights. They forget their rights. They totally forget their rights. Um, I'm going to tell a story on myself. In 2000. And uh, 10, I think it was, I went to uh, Mombasa with Pastor Lingerfeld, and we were staying in these uh, apartments kind of in town that were, close, uh, that were close enough to church, convenient to be there. And um, in my room where I was, uh, you know, in Mombasa, they don't really believe in AC. I mean, because they, they have the dry season, they have the wet season. It's, it's, on the, it's close to the equator, so it's, a, it's that climate almost all year round. So a lot of it's open. So when we walk into the, like, the living area, it's, you can hear the birds chirping because they can like, fly in. I mean, it's, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's open. And so in my, in my room, uh, they had one of those wall units. Oh, God bless wall. Aren't y'all glad? How many of y'all believe in prosperity to where you don't have to have a wall unit? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like stuck in the window, right? Anyways, mine wasn't really, mine wasn't really acting right the whole week we were there. The whole week we were there. And I forgot, I forgot, I forgot what, what got to this point or whatever it is, but one of the maintenance guys came down to do something in our room and... Uh, I go, hey, would you have an opportunity to, to look at my AC unit? I don't think it's working very well. And he went in there, and he hit it, or he did something to it, and immediately cold air started coming out. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and Pastor kind of chuckled. And I was like, oh, no, what I do? And then he goes, and Pastor just laughing. He goes, Aaron, you've been here all week, and you haven't had cold air in your room? <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's... It's in my nature as a, as, a, as a middle child. I have an older sister, an older brother, a younger brother, and a younger sister. I had it all. I've got every, I had every angle possible. <laughs> every angle possible growing up. So you just learn to adapt, right? Anybody come from a large family, you know just to adapt, right? It's not like an only child situation, right? I mean, if there was noise in the house, there was noise in the house. I mean, that's just the, that's just the way it was. So... So I, was, I just, I just kind of go with the flow of things. But you know what? It was my right as an occupant, a paying occupant of that apartment there on Mombasa, Kenya, that my AC should have been working. Everybody say, it should have been working. But guess what? It wasn't. 
So I was sitting there at night, you know, my covers on, covers off, trying to get comfortable, all that stuff. Pastor's just over there in his room, just sleeping right away, right? Because his AC works, right? And it wasn't because, you know, I, they had a favorite over one or the other. It's just the fact that I did not demand or, or go and say, look, you know, in this room, my AC should be working, right? Send someone to what? To come fix it. And this is what we do in life all the time. We put up with things. We just accept things. That's the way they are. Or we just, you know, and, God, and God's saying, no, 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 no. You're the Holy Spirit's sitting there testifying with you, saying, hey, you're a daughter of God. Hey, hey, you're a daughter of God. You're a daughter of God. You're a daughter of, you're a daughter of God. You're a daughter of God. Trying to nudge you, trying to nudge you, trying to nudge you, saying, hey, start demanding your rights. You know, hey, you're part of the, you're part of the family of God. You don't have to put up with this. You don't have to put up with these things. You don't have to do it. And see, these things will what? Will not separate us, these, these, these things. What's going what's to keep us from the love of Christ? Trouble? No. Hardship? No. Persecution? No. Famine? Everybody say no. no. Nakedness? No. Danger? No. The sword? COVID? No. Oh, y'all got, y'all see, y'all got a little. <laughs> the Bible stuff, when I threw something else in there, you're like, no. Right? I mean, we're done. Everybody say, I'm done with that. Yeah. Amen. We're, we're done with that, right? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered to be sheeply slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers. Everybody say any powers. Any powers. You know, God is just looking for somebody. You know, Jesus said, when, not, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? God is just looking for somebody to stand with him and stand with his word. And you know and I know that in our culture today, we see them becoming more and more boisterous about their lifestyles and their wickedness. And part of that is to try to get us to back off of our lifestyle or back off the word of God. And I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not doing it. I'm not doing it. I stand with his word because his word is who he is. And so whatever pressure, you know, that comes out, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If we've seen anything over 2020 is it doesn't matter when the world is losing their mind the windows of heaven are still open. Amen. So maybe your boss loses their mind or maybe some co-worker loses their mind or maybe a situation, they, they lose their mind. It, you got to remind yourself of Romans chapter 8 
And you got to say, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. No, in all these things, in trouble, in persecution, in hardship, in danger, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, I am more than a conqueror. So we stand complete in what? His completeness. We are victors in His own victory. We are victors in His own victory. So we stand on our rights. We stand on our rights. So it's an amazing thing when I'm confessing the Word of God in my prayer time. I don't, the Holy Spirit doesn't tell me to say, stop that. Stop that. You can't say that. You can't do that. No, when I'm, when I'm confessing the word over my life, over my family's life, over my kid's life, no, 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 the Holy Spirit's in there saying, yeah, yes, you are a part, you, you, you are a child of God. You are an heir of God. You are a joint heir with Christ. And we just don't back down. We're not backing down. Turn never say, we're not backing down at Faith Christian Center. Amen. We're not backing down at Faith Christian Center, and we're not going to back down. And, we, and, and, and I tell you what, I tell you what, over the past year, there's been opportunities to back down, but we just, just resolved ourselves, just resolved ourselves that we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. You can say, well, it cost you. It didn't cost us anything. It didn't cost us anything because the blessing of God is way bigger than anything the world could say would cost us. I had a relative try to tell me, uh, you know, I put my son, my oldest son, in a private Christian school on purpose. On purpose. Not just because I work here, but on purpose. Because I wanted him in a private Christian education. I just wasn't going to send him to a public school, just to whoever. And so then, if I'm sending him to a private Christian education growing up in this school, guess what I'm going to send him to in college? A private Christian education. Makes sense to me. Amen. Right? Amen. Makes sense to me. And I had a relative tell me that I was making a mistake. Because how can they get a big job? How can they get a big job whenever they graduate if they're not from this university or that university or don't have this rubber stamp or that rubber stamp? I mean, just trying to, just trying to badger me with this. And I finally said, look, look, I, you know, I know that's your perspective, but here is my perspective. That is my child. That is my child. And whatever you think the world can do in their system, you have no idea what God does in his system. So he's blessed. So he could go to a small Christian education, but you, you check back with me in a couple of years, I guarantee you, wherever he gets hired on, it's going to be because of the favor and the blessing of the Lord. Why? Because I have chosen to take that stand with my God. And I know that when I take my stand with Him and I demand the rights that are in His Word to come to pass, they shall come to pass. 
Amen. Everybody say it. Say it. His word shall come to pass in my life, in my family's life, and this church's life in Jesus' name. Amen.